Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. Thank you for making this happen every Sunday. I appreciate you. It's uh, it's really good to kind of lay things out and take a, a tour of the week before the week starts, get our bearings. And I, I hope it uh, does translate to providing some value and helping traders. That's That's our goal here. So good stuff um i'll start with uh sector performance for this past week here now remember we kind of came off the um abrupt thursday and friday uh move last week now which as we showed you last week you know on friday for example all sectors were green um robustly as well as uh, for the week and that doesn't happen that often but it was a uh, was an interesting week nonetheless it was a shortened week right so um, but here we had a full week this week and um, <clears throat> it looks like you know for the friday technology and consumer cyclical bounce back consumer cyclical was strong for the whole week whereas technology actually faltered a little bit and wh why that came into play was because of the excess performance that happened the week previous and as we came into this week, there was some holding back of those mega caps and large caps that that had benefited a lot from the AI thing and just from you know strong semiconductors and all that. So it was actually we had a number of days this week where it was risk off, not risk on. So more a little bit more broad market and uh, like more defensive issues kind of came into play. But as the week finished, it rolled back towards the technology again, and that's been strong all year and even for the month tech is still up 9.79 percent so even though you can see it down here slightly for the week when you when you take for the month so far uh, it's been very robust um, so moving on to the next uh, slide here you can see some of the breakdown and again when we look at these sectors here, those are more broader market sectors, whereas the ETFs here are the sector spider, which are only related to the S&P 500. So that's really the difference there. So there's more symbols in this one. So it's nice to look at both, look at the broad market and, and all that. Um, so again, for the week, you had XLK performing um, slightly um, down as well as XLP. Interesting there that XLP is consumer staples, XLK is technology. And, um, you know, tech, technology and communications are kind of in that category of what we're using for the risk on list. Um, basic materials can be introduced on the risk on list. It depends a little bit on what the US dollar performance is, has been, that might be brought into risk on. And Financials can also be brought into risk on. It depends on, again, what the interest rates are doing. So if the bonds are moving down, rates are moving up. If the bonds are moving up, rates are moving down. So financials might come into play on the risk on list. And when I say risk on, I mean what the long exposure would be. Um, so utilities could be in the risk off list along with consumer staples and things like that. It, again, it depends a little bit on what the bonds are doing because of that uh, bond element. Um, healthcare, uh, you know, you pretty much can keep it in the 
risk off category. Um, consumer discretionary, although both staples and discretionary have a bit of a mixed bag with some symbols. Um, with uh, XLY, we, we do treat that as uh, risk on, and that perfor performed pretty well for the week, as you can see. So a standout there. Um, anyway, it's um, good to look good to look through this and see how they're doing. You know, for the week, for the month, for the quarter, and think about that persistence of performance, but also where there might be mean reversion, where things might get, you know, way ahead of the, itself. Um, and certainly technology is getting long in the tooth, but we'll look at some seasonality here with Dave in a minute and see, you know, are we done? Are we done this run yet? You know, um, we mentioned last podcast, you know, that June can have some trends and especially related to the Russell rebalance and stuff coming up. Um, but it can be a trendy month in commodities and often in technology and things like that. So um, keep your seatbelt fastened and, uh, you know, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get through the month and uh, hopefully on on good note. Um, OK, well, let's move to the next slide here. So why don't you take a uh, comment on this, Dave? Yeah, so um, mid-month seasonality starts on Tuesday, I believe it's the ninth. 10th what is it through 14th business day 9th through 13th or 9th through 14th business days well yeah our calendar is a 9th through 14th i'm glad you brought that up because you know different parties view things differently um like with example with bright trading we always looked at sort of uh you know the 9th and 10th business day as as more weighted and um and i still hold to that even though we have the 9th through the 14th within this calendar um, but again, it's it's personal preference. It's not a bad idea to start looking at it already on the eighth, you know, eighth day of the month, and that's business day, not calendar day. So the actual eighth trading day of of the month, start looking at it and see how what the setup is before the ninth and tenth. So I think the uh, ninth day is Tuesday, right? Which is yeah, same day that we start some other economic things that you'll talk about. Yeah. So, so uh, during during that mid-month seasonality, there are some sectors that are expected to do better than others. Um, it's really a risk-on kind of um, theme when you look at the individuals. ARC-K, we have some of the biotechs, XBI and IBB, uh, QQQ, XLK, uh, so the XLY. So these are a lot of the risk-on kind of ETFs. These are expected to do better. And some of the things that are weaker are gold, oil, XOP, XLE, GDX, also materials, XLB, and some financials as well, KRE, so, and XLF. So I think weighted as more of a risk on kind of theme for mid-month seasonality and a little bit weaker on oil and metals. And if you look at the entire, um, so the NASDAQ is expected to do 1.26% during this window relative to 0.32 for the S&P 500. So a lot of the tech high beta stuff it usually does better at this this seasonality in june i'll comment on this here so when you look at these bottom two here xlk and xly in comparison with the week previous so xly obviously dominated you know had a really good week and xlk was uh, softer so um going into the mid-month seasonality I would favor XLK over XLY because of that previous performance. And that might be different for people that always think about, you know, 
past performance like last week is going to continue the next week, but that's you want to look at if there is a seasonality event, where's the edge? The edge would be something's been discounted relative to what's expected, um, not necessarily the other way around. So um, go ch go through and check these on your own as well, guys, and uh, see what, what you come up with, okay? This is the uh, June mid-month seasonality for the individual symbols. Now look at Carvana up here at the top, right, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> it, it already had a pretty big event recently. Um, but so, uh, and also, uh, you know, just again, think about which which of these relate to what sectors in the previous slide. So anything pop out at you on this list here? No, and it looks just like what this previous slide had, RKK, the Kathy Woodstocks, Teladoc. Uh, I mean, yeah. these are high, high beta plays. Yeah, and then some commodity stuff here like Mosaic and US Steel and mm -hmm. Schlumberger and stuff on this side. So it is, it does seem to be in line with the ETFs. Yeah. Now look at the bottom here. So this universe is pulling from 310 symbols. Not not all of them are reflected here, but but behind the scenes. Um, and that's based on what these sliders are here, based on the volume and the number of events that are selected in the price. So, so that's why the 310 are being pulled. But look at that, 62% are positive um, for this mid-month seasonality window. Um, so it's skewed to a positive ex expectancy, which means essentially if you took the 310 symbols and you just went long everything that had a positive expectancy and short everything that had an, a negative expectancy, you know, by your your relative performance should be 0 0.70 uh, on average. So that's what that's saying to you. Okay. Now, here's a Hughes versus Spy for June. What mm -hmm. uh, what do we can see from that? Yeah. Well, if you look at the top right, you see that the Qs are expected to do 1.12 for the entire month, but just within seasonality alone, it's expected to do 1.26. So it's really front loaded. The, the month uh, in terms of tech performance and mid-month seasonality is even more than that so so really this validates that what we saw in the previous slide well and the thing is you know this week we have a lot of events including because we kind of june kind of started on the thursday there the first and the second was the friday so the first friday came right after the first of the month um but this is uh, expiration so we've got the third friday of the month coming up here. I mean, there's five Fridays in June. <laughs> Seems yeah. weird for a for a month of 30 trading, uh, 30 days, but there's five Fridays. So <laughs> um, and so the expiration is, is coming upon us here, which um, it's going to be interesting because it's it's right. It's splunk in the middle of the mid month seasonality. <laughs> I find that funny. Yeah. So we have, so heads up on if you've had good performance coming out of the FOMC, um, you know, let's be careful of that Friday. That's all I can say. Caution. I'm looking at the seasonality for Friday, and it's pretty much in theme with, with mid-month. Again, softer on things like energy, utilities, uh, financials. Yeah. So it's, it's still a bit of a risk on theme for that third Friday of the month. <clears throat> except that, you know, except the indexes themselves. Um, you know, are softer. So um, it, 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 you know, it's all about relative performance. So um, it might be that some of the uh, 
tech stuff is still doing better, but even though the market's down. So just look at things as in terms of relative performance, but a little bit of caution if we're up a lot prior to Friday, that's all I can say. Okay, um, I wanted to point out the SPY thing here. Thing here. So you can see that red line up there. That was the August 16th um, high, and we came up and tagged it. So that was a real pull to that point because we were in a bit of a channel and we finally popped up on Friday and, and tagged it. So let's look at how exactly did we tag it. We, uh, we kind of built pre-market, started to, to push up here. Um, so not, not a huge move yet, but just starting to push up. And then from the open, we had pretty reasonable climb. It only pulled back to the simple moving average here and stayed above VWAP. We got up to that August 16th high of 431.73. We popped up above it slightly and then pulled back. And if you were looking for a short, let's say, you know, that any one of these lower highs um, could have been utilized after it came back through. And we often get this. It's kind of like that whack-a-mole game at the arcade, you know. Um, you know, things pop up and, <laughs> and then somebody spanks them down. And then we... Um, we pulled back here and went right back to the previous close, bounced and kind of closed up about a third of the of the range for the day. Uh, so still still a positive close, but uh, interesting how we had that reversal. So uh, again, now that we've set that, we've got to again get through it, and then we march on to the next uh, high that you can see, and there's some dis quite a bit of a distance there. Now, Qs obviously have been performing better than the SPY so far this year and have gone through some of their resistance points already earlier. But this was particularly interesting on Friday to have tagged it, gone through it, and then pulled back. Okay, Dave, what about these uh, economic reports this week here? Yeah. So uh, Tuesday we have some inflation data, core, CP, core CPI, and then um, – also on Wednesday, PPI. So this is about consumer prices and also producer prices to see how inflation is um, coming down if, or if it's going back up. But then the key thing this this week is Wednesday, we have uh, the federal interest rate policy decision at 2 p.m. Eastern, and then federal chair uh, Powell also has a press conference. So that's going to be, usually those days are kind of wait and see until the event happens and then things go back and forth. So Wednesday could be a little muted or maybe even Tuesday in preparation for that. And then Thursday, um, we have retail sales, initial jobless claims, um, and then Friday, consumer sentiment. So I think the key thing is that Wednesday midweek, uh, that could be a market mover if, if they increase rates or do the pause. So, Right. And, and remember, a lot of the movement can occur, uh, at, you know, during the testimony because people are listening for you know, the Q&A period, it's like, what are the questions? What are the responses? What's reiterated? So I find, um, you know, that, that that often can be bigger movement during and after than than even at the decision itself, especially if it's if the decision is as expected, which the, the biggest lean is towards a pause right now. Yeah. Um, and then Friday, um, you know, we have the consumer sentiment. So we'll see how that's that's changed, but um, anyway, um, yeah, so it's a week uh, full of, uh, we've got the mid-month seasonality. So last week we didn't have really much seasonality to talk about and we didn't have as many economic reports. So things are, uh, you know, coming into focus here with 
lots of drivers, lots of catalysts, and uh, should be an interesting week for all of us. There's a couple of earnings uh, standouts here. Um, what I posted this, uh, Dave got this uh, together here for me, but um, I think it's interesting what this says here. Uh, so home builders will be in focus this week. Um, but the industry has shown resilience thanks to a low supply of existing homes with tight inventory offsetting pressure from higher home prices, elevated interest rates and depleted consumer confidence. So we have some negatives, but the resilience has come from low supply. And also think about, you know, the cost of, of, of building now too. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's still going to be a while before, you know, the pipeline gets completely saturated with new homes, especially. And uh, I think that it just kind of one of those things that's sort of opposite what people might have thought. You know, they might have thought a massive sell-off uh, because interest rates were rising. But there's always more to the story, and you really have to dig through the weeds and consider a lot of things. So one one rule of thumb that I found helpful in, in my career is to always do what is the consensus and what is the alternative thinking? Mm -hmm. What is the consensus? What are most people thinking about and considering and, and you know, would act on? But what is the alternative thinking? And find as many arguments for both sides. And that's really a healthy approach. In that, in this case, that that low inventory, you know, would have been the alternative thinking to the consensus. Because I know the consensus was largely, you know, the rising interest rates would um, and lower consumer confidence, and just the fact that less spending spending uh, money with inflation would uh, really um, put the home builders under pressure and uh, they would make good shorts and you might have found yourself mm, having trades like that didn't work out and you go why <laughs> so and then adobe here um so we we had you know we had some move, move on the uh, ai thing um but it's got earnings so we'll find out you know really what's going on here that's on thursday um i like adobe as a company myself but um use their products and so on um so they they seem to me they seem more more credible to add a lot of this AI stuff than some of these newer startups that you know use the buzz the buzzwords <laughs> no different than remember KFC uh, and and blockchain <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's like anybody can add stuff and you can get a big pop on it but it's it's these type of credible companies that um, you know just like Microsoft with its AI obviously or Google with its AI a lot more credibility there okay. Um, Upcoming FOMC meeting, as you know. Um, so this is what's happening in the treasuries. The two-year advanced 8.7 basis points to 4.6 on Friday, the highest since March 9th. And so for the week, it was up 10.3 basis points. The 10-year gained three basis points. The 30-year only added one. So it's really the short duration that has got the most pressure on it. And so what you know what's kind of what's kind of happening here is um, the markets had to deal with this sort of inflation numbers and really good economic numbers that we've had that have sort of increased the concern for longer uh, you know elevated rates um, that the Fed would probably 
they they could pause, but they would have to get back to work. You know, and and also this week we had Canada and Australia that rose interest rates. Canada did it after a pause, and all of a sudden, boom, a surprise interest rate hike. And so that really rattled these uh, treasury markets. And I think the odds makers with the CME uh, watch tool, it's at um, 70 or 71.4, I think, percent chance of a pause for June. So that's what the market's thinking for this meeting right now. But that doesn't mean we stay paused. And that's why you see these rates have risen a bit. So keep your eye on the uh, on the bonds and the yields, okay? All right, I just want to show uh, one other thing here. Let me find it. Here we go. So what do you see when you look at that map of the market there? What pops out? Boom, what pops really out? Come on, Dave, what pops Tesla, out? Tesla, Tesla. <laughs> 14.2, this is the weekly, one week performance. Nice. So, so that's pretty pretty substantial, right? And actually, uh, we had Tesla in uh, our neutral list for Friday as a short. And I was like, oh, uh, kind of hate the short Tesla. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's gotten pretty stretched out. And let's just take a look at that. Here, I think I have it here somewhere. Um, so you can see how many days it went on a nice uh, nice tear here. So this, as far as streaking, this is a pretty good streak. But we had that in January, but this is different now. The move in January was because it was so discounted the year before. And there was a lot of tax loss selling in December, as you can see. And literally the last day of tax loss selling, December the 28th, it actually had a slight up move for the day. So you could see that the selling had dried up. Mm -hmm. The next day popped up on the 29th, no tax loss selling at all. Same thing on the 30th. Coming into the new year, it started to um, pull back slightly, but then started to build again. And this was rebuying for the people that sold, had to wait 30 days and so on. And then other people caught on that, you know, hey, they're buying the techs, they're buying Tesla, let's get on board. So that's why we had such great performance for Tesla this, this period of time here. And then it kind of went soft, but what's what this catalyst is now is quite different than this. This is really related to, you remember we used to say, Dave, that Tesla was more of a battery company than a car company, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and so that was really a, a a mental shift to get your head around it's more of a battery company but actually what's happening here is it's becoming more the charging station company um, and so very similar to a standard that has to be set in charging like what happened with your old cassettes or vhs you know over beta or um you know, CD formats or whatever it is, whatever whatever standard of a new technology eventually has to be agreed on and other ones fall away. So Tesla, by making contracts with Ford and GM so that Ford and GM can use their, their charging stations, that's starting to set a significant standard of, you know, the type of plug-in, the type of charging station and all that kind of stuff. So this is this is why you're seeing this particular rally i've been paying attention to that ever since the 
the news was announced with Ford and then GM next. So, okay. Um, that being said, we popped up significantly. Let's bring up the five minute chart here. We popped up significantly on Friday and actually we made money shorting it because it was down from the open. We won't always get that lucky though, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So not one of our favorite things to short, but the, the, <laughs> the stock odds brought it out to our attention and it did work. So, um, but anyway, that's what's going on with Tesla. Um, and uh, back to the map of the market, you can see some of the softer things for the week that were strong the week before Meta, Google, Microsoft, you know, all that kind of NVIDIA, they were all strong week before some of the semiconductors. Um, and then this week, you know, Netflix, because they've dealt with their password sharing thing and more people are, you know, being forced to subscribe. So the subscribership's going up. So that's Tesla there. Um, but communications, some of the communications uh, like traditional telephone and all that so they came in. Um, but again, a lot broader than we saw the week before. And a lot more mixed, you know, haves and have nots like Merck down, Lily up kind of thing, you know. Uh, it's just very interesting. Energy kind of picked up a little bit for the week. And there can be this, this separation between the price of oil and what the energy stocks do. So it doesn't always have to be lock and step. Um, you, you have to look at the, you know, the stocks for, for what they are and their, and their potential. Uh, you know, like they help very, have very low PEs, making good money. Um, not necessarily investing in a lot of new drills. So if the, if the worldwide economy uh, holds up and we don't have a big recession, um, then, you know, there's an argument for still more consumption with, uh, you know, energy. And we also have the OPEC cuts, right? So the prices could go up. But the way people are looking at this is, is based on sort of the bottom line for these companies and what they're able to earn. Anyway, um, let's one more thing to look at, and that is what's the futures doing? Let's see if Finviz corrected itself yet. Nope. Uh, still showing whacked out here. So just so you know, if we go to the five minute here, uh, I can these indexes aren't showing right on Finviz at the moment. We're slightly up, but not like this. So that those are wrong. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, but they're not they're not right. So go check CNBC or or go check, you know, the CME or something for, you know, what the market's actually doing. CNBC is a good resource and you can see what they are relative to fair value and so on. So I'd look at that. One thing we pointed out on the last uh, week um, on the VIX was on our podcast, we said we'd be heading towards 15 and we got down to a low of 1480. So well done, Dave. <laughs> that's amazing and you know unless we get some surprise out of the fed i expect it to uh, uh to hang out in this area maybe even a little bit lower but um uh, you know and that's that facilitates it's kind of a cause and effect a chicken and egg thing it's like volatility drops when risk on is on the table when consumers are are, are buying when sentiment is okay and at the same time um you know when technology actually runs um, even if the sentiment wasn't that great people go well why do we need to hedge portfolio risk 
we'll just forego that, save some money from the insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and so the VIX can drop as well. So there's, there's two ways to get a lower VIX and we're kind of dealing with that now. Um, but keep your eye on definitely on the bonds, very important. Keep your eye on the metals as well and the US dollar. Um, that's going to be instrumental because we're in a Fed week FOMC meeting, so that will affect the dollar. And with that, we will wrap it up. Thank you, Dave. All right, good luck.